Welcome to what's new on the scene. Today I'm chatting with Spicy Lemons. Would you like to introduce yourselves and the origins of your music? So we're three high schoolers from the Central Coast. I'm Toby and I play guitars bass and do the vocals. I'm Zach and I am the drummer. Uh, my name is Luke and I um, play guitar, banjo and some backing vocals. And yeah, we all kind of formed at school. We um, Luke and I are in the same year and we're both in the same music class and we just kind of clicked with some of our music stuff and eventually, because Zach's my brother, we decided to throw it all together into some crazy kind of band and here we are. So when did each of you become interested in music and what instruments can you play? So I got interested in music towards the end of primary school. I was watching the TV show Spicks and Specs, my family, and at the end of it, there was this film clip for a song called House of Fun by a band called Madness. They're like from England in the 80s. And I just remember thinking it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen, but I just loved it. And so from there, I started to delve into ska music and reggae and that. And then in year seven, when I was 13, I got to see Midnight Oil live. It was my first concert. And after that, I just thought, I want to be on a stage. And the way they were playing was awesome. So after that, I picked up bass guitar first. Then I learned a bit of guitar and piano. I can cut, I do a little bit of drums, but I wouldn't call myself a drummer. And yeah, did vocals for the band. Um, well, um, I first discovered music when I was at um, a relative's house and I'm in Wollongong. Um, they just had an electric drum kick just um, sitting in their garage. And I think I was about 10 years old, I think. And I think I just got bored and I just started whacking it. I wasn't really making music, I don't think. But um, yeah, it just sort of grew from there. I started to get lessons for about a year, but then that stopped. And then I sort of stopped playing for about a year, almost two. And then um, uh, started high school. And of course, um, like year seven, or for us in year seven, music is a compulsory subject. And so I sort of rediscovered my love for drums, I guess. And it's just sort of grown and blossomed from there. Um, so I first came interested in music when I was, say, six or seven. My parents um, got me into some some violin lessons, um, which at the time, I don't know if I liked them or not. I was too young to remember. But um, from there, I just started going to some Irish sessions because um, my grandparents are from Ireland. And so um, I started to get into Irish music there. And then when I came to um, high school, I kind of met Toby and Zach and then kind of went off and played a bit more guitar. And so my main instruments that I play are yeah, guitar, banjo, and just some backing vocals, I guess. Have each of you always wanted to be a musician and to play in a band? I don't think I, when I was younger, I never really had an interest in music. Like I've always been a nerd, so I was all over my science and everything. I thought I was going to be the next Einstein, I'm pretty sure. Well, you still are. <laughs> and then <laughs> after a while, once I started watching these music shows and everything and I saw these bands, I started to think maybe that might be the way to go. And yeah, once I saw Midnight Oil, I was like, that's exactly it. I'm buying a bass guitar. Um, Yeah, I've, I've never wanted to be a musician personally. I just more kind of fell into it. Like, I guess people have just more told me, hey, you're pretty good at this. Like, you should probably do something with it. And um, it's, it's just more of a hobby for me more than anything. Like, it's just a bit of fun to just forget about everything else going on in life. Yeah, same here. I wouldn't necessarily say I'd always wanted to be a musician it's just kind of been more of a hobby but then um since meeting Toby and Zach I guess I've kind of always just wanted to be in a band with them um something I've just you know had in the back of my head because Toby and Zach used to be in a, a band called Front Row Warning <laughs> and um I was like oh that looks like heaps of fun um I'd love to 
I'd love to do something like that. And here we are now. The, the origin story of that name is quite the tale. <laughs> so what is your creative process like? And does the band have any advice for new artists to improve their songwriting? I think a lot of our creative process, usually one of us will come up with a rough idea. Like I usually just record pretty dodgy demos with me playing every instrument that doesn't sound nice. And then I send it around and it's great because you know Luke and Zach will be very brutally honest, which is a good way to go. They'll let me know if it's not the greatest thing they've ever heard, but on the same note, they'll encourage it when it is good. And then we just kind of toss around ideas together when we kind of put it together in the garage and yeah, it ends up just becoming our kind of songs. So I think my advice for anyone starting out would be don't aff- don't be afraid to um, try new things out and just experiment and make music with people who you enjoy making it with. Yeah, um, I'm not much of a songwriter myself. Toby's um, Toby's more the songwriter, but um, you know he normally comes up with a rough idea, and then you know, Zach and I just add what we think sounds good, and I guess we just try to have fun. So that'd be my advice: just have fun with it. And just see what yeah, I'm, I've yeah, I've um, I never really learnt how to notate pieces or like write pieces per se i'm just more of a kind of just play along with the guitar track that toby would have already recorded and if it feels right it feels right and i'll just sort of tinker around with it and so like my drum parts i think they're normally just about the last thing that gets recorded or at least they were for the first single that we recorded so that's probably a bit different to the way a lot of other people do it but um I think that's something that's pretty cool as well. Like you just you just have to do what works for you and your band, or if you are in a band. So yeah, you just I don't think you you just can't be afraid to experiment and be a bit different. So when you were writing Young One, did you know that that was gonna be a track that you were gonna be proud of? And do you think it has the potential to become a hit one day? The, the story of how that song came to life is really interesting because at the time we didn't think it was going to be a hit because Luke and I were making it in music class in year nine on a piano and it sounded pretty cool. we <laughs> thought that it was going to get us a decent mark in our assignment and that's about it but after a while we started to like I think it was just it started on piano and then after a while we moved it on the guitar and we thought hang on, that kind of sounds a bit cool. And then made a little melody thing over the top, which at the time I think I was ripping off Courtney Barnett in all fairness. But it all kind of came together. And once we added words, it was like, at first we kind of thought it was going to be almost like lime cordial kind of karma. But then when we got into the studio, like we went with Connor Massey from Dead Shows. And I just remember him going, I can hear this. It's going, but I, I've got it in my head. And he just cranked all the guitars and it became this heavy anthem thing. And I think that was the moment when we thought, yes, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think we, well, myself, I didn't I ever think it was you know, going to be a big hit or something. We just, it was all something that we enjoyed and we just put it out there and kind of see what happens. So um, I guess we just have to wait and see the results. Um, yeah, I didn't have any sort of expectations really when we were going into it because, I mean, obviously I've never done, any, I've never recorded anything before. Uh, and so I think it was just more of like a learning experience, but and, um, it's just all about having fun really. And it was, it was good fun to 
record it. And I think that's just what that's just what it was all about for us. And that's just all music's about in general. Yeah. Uh, I know you made a music video for Young One. So what was the process for that? To put it simply, low budgets and three crazy minds came together to make an absolute monster monstrosity. It was just no masterpiece. Uh, not masterpiece. <laughs> We've been through this. It was like the whole thing was because we were planning to release a single before the first lockdown and all that happened. And it was this massive break where we were like, we wanted to do shows with the release, but now we had to postpone it. So there was this whole massive break, but we had already told people that we were putting out a song. So we thought, well, we've left them hanging for this long. We really should make it as big as we can. So I think Luke fished out a camera from his place yeah, and we just recorded yeah. around my house um, with a couple of our mates from school. And it was like three days, like three different afternoons of recording. And then I think we, yeah, editing was a really fun and weird process. I'm sure Luke would like to expand on. <laughs> uh, so um, I downloaded a few um, free software editing, um, not software editing, just like video editing um, uh, softwares, yeah. <laughs> and um, we were all trying to find ones that um, you know were weren't too hard to figure out, but also had no like big watermark over across of it, because um, that kind of wrecked the whole thing. And then um, uh, while processing the video, we realised that um, there was a big fat watermark um, at the end, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like for like more than half of the video. And so um, we came to the conclusion, and then we found out that. Um, 20% of the, um, uh, of the end half, no, I think it was, it was the last no, 10%. Oh, no, the, the first 20% of each film you had, it didn't have the watermark. So we ended up having to do the math out. Um, and then we figured, uh, we ended up coming out with this, I don't know, oh, an like hour and a half. 47 minutes yeah, or something. Something yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then just to, just to get a, um, a little video out of it. So. Yeah, it was a good That's stitch right. up because we searched up free programs that don't have a watermark and we only found out it had one right at the end when we decided to export the file. And yeah, it was right across it. So you should have seen us. We were like bringing back the nerd phase. We were there at the computer with calculators trying to work out what percent of the video we could use that didn't have a watermark, but it worked. So has the band be able, been able to play any gigs to showcase the single? We haven't at the moment, but the plan is that we want to do a few shows and especially when more music's coming along, really ramp that up too. But we've all been just hanging out for this, like the moment when we can actually play a show. To be fair to us, we have done our fair share of um, school performances though. That's <laughs> kind of our thing at the moment. Just um, whenever there's something at school, I'm normally we're there to play for it so that's pretty cool i guess yeah bust out the old three boys making a big old racket yeah <laughs> in terms of the school performances that you have done um has any of them in particular been a favorite i think the most recent one we did was like a showcase thing at the end of the um uh, it was after school hours and people had to like pay i think it was five dollar entry or something but it was just so much better because people genuinely wanted to be there 
And I think at that point we had kind of refined ourselves a bit more. We weren't sounding as rough around the edges. And it was just good fun to get into it, go crazy. So who are the three most influential people in your lives? Rightio, that's, I think I'll have to go. Do you want me to start? I've got answers written down. I've got three (laughs) in mind. (laughs) The first one would have to be like my mum and parents because my mum has always been someone who's supported whatever weird project I've been doing and there's plenty of them let's face it so she's always been supportive of all that and just encouraged me to do those kind of things and give things a go and I think that's something that I'll always carry with me my second person would be my gymnastics coach Kate who has always I've done gymnastics since I was six and I now like coach it and all that but she's like taught me a lot of values about respect and just how to be a good person I think and she's almost acted as a parent figure in my life which is it's one of those kind of connections that you don't come across very often but it's definitely like changed who I am and I'd probably say the third person who's influenced who I am now would be my nan, Hugh, um, my nan, Nana Jean. She, um, she's no longer with us, which was a while ago now, but I used to always come to her with crazy ideas I had and we would always work together on these weird creative projects. And I think she just, she never turned down anything I came to her with, but was always a thing of you know you've got this crazy creative idea let's try and make it happen so that was that just was a real fun thing to do and it encouraged me to explore creativity I think that's my answers um in well for me in terms of like influencing me like my in terms of um like playing music and encouraging me to um turn it into something um i guess bigger um obviously first one i mean it's has to be my mum doesn't it um i mean she's put up with my she's put up with a lot of my own crap for 18 years and (laughs) i think i'll be forever grateful for that um set my second person would be um one of my old um one of my old music teachers uh miss harvey trapple um I think, I mean, Luke and Toby will probably both agree with this because they have her um, now. Um, but she's just so supportive of everyone in the music um, faculty at school. And um, I guess she, like, she she understands, like, how, I guess, in a way, life-changing it can be, like, how much a positive experience it can be for people and, um uh, she's done so many things for school uh, it's just absolutely endless like if i had spoke about everything i would probably be here until about midnight just listing it all so um this harvey trapple absolutely is a big one and um the third one for me is um the first drumming idol that i ever had and that's um rob hurst of midnight oil um this um i mean now the first band that i got to see live as well and it was just one of the most amazing experiences I think I've ever had and it would just be one of those things that stays with me for 
life. So um, for myself, I mean, we've all stated it, but it kind of has to be there. Um, my parents, um, you know, they've always motivated me to do what I love, which is playing music. And um, they've always given me the opportunity, you know, driving me around places, dro dropping me off at Toby's and Zach's all the time. <laughs> um, and th also thanks to Krista for letting me come over whenever I want and <laughs> make it a whole bunch of noise. Um, sec uh, second would be my granddad. Um, he's um, on my mum's side. Um, he comes from Ireland and he really got me into like my Irish music and I love it um, almost just as much as, um, you know, other stuff like uh, in terms of music, like rock music and that kind of stuff. Um, but he's um, always taken me down to like Sydney just to jump in a few Irish sessions and taking me um, all over New South Wales to go to um, Irish festivals and that and it's just great. And third of all would be Miss Harvey Trappler as well because she's just a legend. Um, she's given us that. so many opportunities at school to perform, to play, um, and she's just always there for us. And if we have any questions or anything like that, she's always there. So that's great. So what is the band most proud of in the short career that you've had so far? I think... I'm going to go out on a limb here and see if I speak for everyone. If I don't, I'm sure I'll be corrected. But my the moment that I just thought, wow, this is insane, is when we made the Triple J on Earth charts. I forgot about that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were like number 62 on the charts. But I just remember us uploading the single and thinking, all right, it's on there now. We've entered on Earth High. That's about it. And then... I've got to admit, I was procrastinating my schoolwork. So I was, I was meant to be online learning, but I was just scrolling through Triple J on Earth. And I just, you know, every now and then I have a look on the charts to see if I know any names on there. And I scrolled down and it was just, you know, it was right there next to like Midway, who's another band I love listening to. And I just thought, this is insane. Like, I never thought that would happen. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, remember what it was like <laughs> no i mean that was like that was just insane to be perfectly honest um i mean i don't think any of us in our wildest dreams thought that we'd just suddenly pop up on the triple j unearth charts like without even having played a gig outside of school like, i mean it's i mean that was just absolutely wild yeah i think we were something like um 21st on the rock charts as well yeah which is just crazy whatever it was it was unexpected yeah definitely so how does the fan measure success and how do each of you go about achieving your dreams and aspirations i think success for us is based off how much fun we're having with it oh, my yeah. and how proud <laughs> we are of what we've done because I mean, I'm sure our neighbours probably think that some of the noise we make is awful, but half the time we're just absolutely cracking up, like almost rolling in laughter. So, but I think just the way we go about achieving our goals is just, I guess there's always a kind of goal there and we just kind of strive towards it and aim to make the most of every opportunity we're given. Yeah, um, I'd say the same on, based on how fun we're having. I mean, if we're having fun, then I guess we're at least doing something, right? <laughs> yeah if we're the only ones enjoying it that's fine 
What are some of the changes that the band's been forced to make since the pandemic and has these adjustments made you look at the future differently? I think during the pandemic, we haven't so much changed much about how the band is or what we do, but I think it's really just made us realise how, I guess, how important it is to jump on opportunities. Because like in a time when there's not many of them, it can drag out a bit. Yeah, and I guess what we've come out from it, obviously, um, it's been a long time, but we, we haven't even had our first gig yet. So um, I guess it's just motivated us more um, to get out there and just play some music for people. We might need to do a double single release show. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> If each of you were to invite three musicians or celebrities to a dinner party, who would they be and why? I've, I've got this one down, Pat. All right, number one, Peter Garrett from Midnight Oil, because Midnight Oil, just one of my all-time favourite bands. And, you know, let, let's bring a bit of politics to the table. I don't mind a bit of that. And then number two, bit of an odd one probably, but... Dave McCormack. I knew you were going yeah. to say that. <laughs> the front man of the band Custard, because they've always been one of my favourites. And he just seems like a guy that would, you'd probably never know what's happening in, in the conversation, but it would be absolutely hysterical. And then my third person, you know, because we've got the ability to resurrect for dinner parties, um, David Bowie. I just reckon he would be an absolute surprise to have at a dinner table. And he's always been one of my biggest influences. Um, the first one for me, um, I mean, it's got to be Dave Grohl, right? I mean, he's just a walking, talking storybook of just just anything rock and roll. And I mean, he's he's a bit like the father I wish I had. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, I just love everything about him. I just love the way he plays music. I love the way he's just so, um, how much he's, he, um, I guess, respects and acknowledges that his fan base, like just how big his fan base is and how diverse it is and how he just encourages everyone just to be themselves and not let anyone or anything stop him. Um, I mean, I've got huge respect for the way that he resurrected his own career after Nirvana, Felber, or after the Nirvana dissolved in the 1990s, so... Um, yeah, he's definitely the first one I'd have. Um, the second one, it's a, another one, another one that's a bit obscure, but I'd say, um, Lindsay McDougall from Friends Will Wrong. Um, well, just purely for the fact that he sent me a video message for my 18th birthday. Um, that was, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that either. And it's still saved on my phone. So I might just bring it back up for every other birthday I have in the future. Um, and the third one for me, um, it's, it'd also be Peter Garrett, just because he's the face of the first band I ever fell in love with. And um, I've just got huge respect for everything that he stands for and he believes in. Um, my three, um, oh, it's a bit hard. I guess the first one, um, I'd bring Connor Massey from Dead Shows. Papa Massey, um, he's just a legend. and We're bringing the true celebrity <laughs> along. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd call him a celebrity or... I, I, a celebrity definitely, is. definitely. Well, they're starting to pop off on Spotify. So, yeah, so um, give it a year or two and you, could, you can yeah, confirm it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he's just a legend. He's helped us so much and a uh, cool guy to hang out with. Um, second, um, I don't know. I've been really into Arctic Monkeys at the moment. So probably Alex Turner, just theories, um, accent or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess Zach and Toby can fight over the last spot. <laughs> oh. Bla- Gladiator style battle. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I've got the win. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to doubt that. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so have there been moments in your career where you've had setbacks and how did you recover and rebuild? I think the obvious one for any band that started in the last year and a half would be the pandemic. And it, it sucks for everyone, especially for those who have never been able to do a gig because you've got recorded music building up and you want to kind of build a relevance and build a fan base, but you don't really have many options when you're in lockdown. Other than that, I think like there's the challenges that come along all the time, but we just try and bring a positive spin on them. Um, well, I mean, I could think of a challenge that we're going to face in the future. Um, um, I'm, I am moving away to Canberra to um, study. So, um, that um, could pose a little bit of a problem for us, but um, I'm sure it'll be a bridge that we cross and we'll just um, see what happens. But, um, I mean, obviously it's not ideal to have um, the massive, I guess you can call it, delay to everything with COVID and then um, me deciding to pack my bags and go and chase my dreams down in Canberra. So, um but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that we'll manage fine. And if worst comes to worst, I'm sure Toby will just play drums and play guitar as well. Um, I don't know how he'll do that, but he'll find a way. I know he will. Spicy lemons will live on. <laughs> um, yeah, probably just the biggest one is um, COVID. I mean, uh, what hasn't it done? Um, but I guess... <laughs> it hasn't made life easy, Luke. That's what it hasn't done. <laughs> no. Um, but like I said before, I guess it's just motivated us more and, um, given us the drive to, to play music. It's been a good time for us as well to kind of focus towards a creative process because we've got plenty more stuff brewing and it's really given us a time to refine it down. So that's how we've made a positive spin of that one. So what are the three songs or albums that each of you have had on repeat recently? So... I've had, in the last week or so, I've been on a mad YouTube spray of watching live clips of bands and I'm just always attracted to Midnight Oil live on stage because they're so insanely energetic and powerful. So my what, my top album at the moment is Midnight Oil, 10 to 1. It's just absolute Australian classic. My second one is Franzel Rom, Smoke Out the Pet Food Factory. It's... I just reckon Friends Rom's latest stuff is some of the best punk music that's ever been made. Like the guitar work is insane. The both the lyrics are just hysterical. Um, and then my third album, bit of a curveball, um, Donny Benet, Mr. Experience. And if you've never seen the album cover, do yourself a favor and give it a give it a look because it's an image that will never leave your head. It's like the rebirth of like seventies disco synth stuff. And I just love the bass work. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> um, 
Um, I don't. Well, I mean, I have selected three albums that I've had on repeat, but um, for me, um, basically all the music I listen to is a you know massive playlist that I've created that's um all about um Aussie, the Aussie alternative scene from the nineteen nineties. So like um, would be like Silverchair, UMI, um, Powderfinger, all those sorts of bands. Like for me, that's just the peak of Australian music, and it always will be for me. But um, in saying that, I have decided to um. I mean, the first album that I've got on repeat um, that came out last year. So, um, hopefully, the um, hopefully, um, people might know this one. Um, but um, it's Brain Candy by Hockey Dad. Um, I fell in love with that album basically as soon as it came out, and um, it's been on repeat far too many times for it to be a healthy obsession since it um came out last year. Um, the second one for me, it's um one from UMI, um, Hourly Daily. Um, yeah, um, uh, it's, I don't know how to explain it. Um, just, yeah, the 90s for me, it's just, it's just the best music. Like, you could be whatever you want it to be and you sort of wouldn't be judged for it. You'd be judged for what you want it to be, not sort of what the mainstream wanted you to be, I guess. And I think that's been a pretty big influence in our music too. And um, the third album for me, it is it's another Friends or Rom one, but it's um San Susie. Um, for me, that's uh, that's their best album by a long way, and I've um I've come to love them in the past few years. Um, I mean, probably the COVID frustrations have helped that massively. It's sort of like a rage outlet for me i guess if you want to call it that so um yeah those are the three albums that i've singled out but i could have chosen about 20 of them i've I'm got what luke throws at us yeah i've got um two singles and one album um first one would be baltimore by dead shows um it's a banger it's a new single um it's been out for nearly two weeks now i think um anybody who hasn't listened to it go check it out if you haven't um, listened to it, that's a crime. Yeah. And our second one is Kid by Neighbourhood Void. Um, well, I just love it, I guess. <laughs> it's just on repeat. Um, what more can I say? Um, and the album that I've, been had on re- that I've had on repeat lately is Favourite Worst Nightmare by Arctic Monkeys. Um, I think it's got to be, I- I'd probably say my favourite Arctic Monkeys album. Yeah, that's a classic. What is your dream venue for a show? I reckon for me, I would say Enmore Theatre. I've been to see Skeggs there on my birthday like a few years ago now. But it's just, it's like walks a fine line between an intimate venue and a big venue. And it just, the venue looked nice itself, but just like, you know, you've got the mosh pit, you've got the balconies. It's, it'd just be awesome. Um, oh, well, the favourite venue I have played in would be the school hall. <laughs> <laughs> Go off. <laughs> and um, a dream venue for me. Um, I'd, I'd love to play like a massive outdoor festival. Like, I'd love to resurrect the big day out. Um, and I'd love to play at that if I had endless amounts of money and um, a good lineup of bands. But... Um, Obviously, I don't have that at the moment, so um, 
uh, um, hopefully um, there's some rich person out there who's listening and um, just please get in touch with me if you want to resurrect the greatest thing that's ever happened to Australian music, please. Um, I don't really have a dream venue. Um, uh, we'll, go, we'll say the Rhythm Hut in Gosford. I mean, I would love to play there. Um, it seems like a really good venue. Um, yeah, that's great definitely people. going to be a stop that we've, we've got to make when we're doing shows. Yeah. So we'll go with that. What is your favourite venue that you've been to see a concert at? I think that I've been to a few different ones, but I think... It, the best indoor venue that I've been to was the Enmore, but I think in terms of the atmosphere, I honestly think the Rhythm Hut was one of the best ones I've been to. Like Luke and I went to see Dead Shows and Soda Simulator and Lucid Hoops. I think were the three bands, yeah. and it was like it was a lockdown gig, and everyone was like, you know, meant to be sitting down, but there was just the energy in the room like people were up on their chairs moshing with their mates and everything like it was just all this energy packed into this tiny room um my one's gonna be a little bit of an obscure one but um i'm gonna have to say the maitland jail that <laughs> sounds absolutely crazy but um toby and i went to watch um custard there um oh, what was it? it must have been 2019 i think it was I can't remember what it was, but it was some beer festival, I think. <laughs> and nobody in our family drinks, but we went to see the band. Yeah, that's about all you need to know about the family. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was really quite... um, It was a really intimate setting for um, quite a big courtyard, um, like a big jail courtyard, just with, like, tents all around. And it was a really... It was a really good vibe and, um, yeah, it was just something really unique and a bit quirky and I really enjoyed it. Mine would be, um, I went to the Blues Fest in Byron Bay, um, what, maybe oh, two years ago or something. And um, I was with my brother, my older brother, and we went and saw um, Flogging Molly and... Um, Oh, I just got into a, a great mosh pit there um, and it was awesome. So I'd say, I'd say that um, Byron Bay Festival. Which has... Are there any artists that each of you would be interested in collaborating with? Um, so far, we haven't had many collaborations. It's been a bit of a, you know, Toby collaborating with Zach, collaborating with Luke kind of situation. That's about it. But we're hoping at some point in the near future. Now we've got some good friends in Newcastle called Unit. And they've got, like they're in high school as well, they've got one single out called Worry Free, which is pretty cool. Yeah, in lockdown, we've been just talking back and forth with each other and we've got some pretty cool stuff planned, I think. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't so much as collaborate, but um, when they used to be at, um, they, when they used to be students at our school, um, I um, messed around or just like mucked around, jammed with dead shows, I think once or twice, maybe, maybe a few more times. I can't exactly remember, but it wasn't exactly a collaboration, but um, I don't know. I guess they just, I don't know. They must have liked what I was doing or something and they just wanted me to jump on and 
just see what I could do. Uh, that was pretty cool. Oh, I, I'd say the same as Toby. <laughs> Man of many words. How do you decide on a set list for the gigs that you will be having? I think the way that we're thinking of doing it is, you know, bring in the energy, have a good mix of just like a bit of everything we do, but also go off like the mood of the room as well and definitely close out with just a bang. Um, I just agree with what everyone else says. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. So pretty much Toby's making the call. <laughs> oh, well, there we go, boys. That's our set list. <laughs> Toby's a lot stronger than me, and I don't want to mess with him. Yeah. Muscles. Well, I broke his laptop one time. <laughs> 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 On accident, okay. That wasn't your strength. That was just your ass that knocked my laptop off the table. <laughs> How soon are you um, to release a new single? We've got this. We've got the song in mind. It will be a matter of when we can get into the studio and all lay it down. But what I will say is, expect more than just that. What are some of the band's goals for the next year? Um, I think for the next year, um, just releasing more music working on a bigger project than just singles and of course get some shows in um i don't know next next year's gonna be a bit funny um i mean i'll i guess i'll try and come back as often as i can um with um uni commitments and whatnot um and we'll see what happens but um yeah it'll be a bit bit weird not being around to hang out with the guys and jam and mess around so and I'm not sure I'll be too keen on letting me move a drum kit into my little apartment so um yeah um we'll just have to see what happens play it by ear go with the flow see what happens yeah we'd definitely like to um try release uh, an album or an EP or some sort and then definitely just start gigging just whenever we can. And hopefully with Zach when he's, um, when he's down. No, up. <laughs> uh, I forgot where you were. You want me to go to Melbourne? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, whenever he's with us. So, yeah. There. So do you have a message for any new fans listening to your music and fans that will be coming to one of your upcoming gigs? Any words of wisdom? Um, yeah, we're to. sorry. No, no, not really. Um, <laughs> no, that's our message to our neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> message to the fans would probably be, there's more stuff coming soon and our new stuff, if if we're going to bring Bryce into it, I think it's our best stuff, but expect some curveballs from us. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'd say, um, I don't know, I guess have fun and hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Um. Um, yeah, I mean, you chose the right time to jump on the Spicy Lemons bandwagon um, just as one of the three wheels is about to fall off and move away. But, um, yeah, no, um, I mean, I'll hope, um, yeah, I'll come, I'll still be around when I can be and um, I'm sure there's some big things in the pipeline and, um, yeah, it's um, nice to have you all along for the ride with us.
Don't worry, Zach, we'll have a reunion gig. Yeah. <laughs> Our first gigs are a reunion gig. The three-month reunion. <laughs> In terms of one final song recommendation for the listeners of the podcast to check out that they may not have heard of before, what songs would you recommend? I think we've all got the same one in mind. Definitely Dead Show's Baltimore. We are forever indebted to Papa Massey. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, if you're looking for an anthem and you're looking for something to just let loose to, that's the one. It's like, it's definitely got the hint of like Soho and like Dear Seattle and all those kind of ones. But on the same note, you can't put them in the same basket. Like they're just their own entity and if, if i'm gonna call out zach here he has, oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> he has the song name written as seattle on his uh, little sheet here yeah, so word of advice search up the right american city when you're looking for the song so massey get on to him <laughs> i'd um i definitely have baltimore on my list but i i came prepared with a backup because i thought it'd be said um i'd say worry free by unit um I've been really getting into that one lately. Um, I never really used to listen to it, but then it just kind of kept coming back. Popping it's up one of those ones that and then... you don't realise how much you're into the song until you've like stopped listening to it and like two days later it just pops up in your head again. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. one of those ones. So that'd be my one song. It's been great chatting with all of you from Spicy Lemons and good luck with the first gig that you will be having very soon I'm sure and I'm sure your fans are still listening to Young One and they should definitely check out the music video as well go check out the Instagram and Facebook page with all the updates also follow the podcast on Spotify for any new um, episodes Um, also check out the reviews um also of um young one and the music video which is on the website we've been what's new on the scene see you next time